In their own words, a collection of Mormon quotations is a valuable resource when wanting to know what Mormon leaders have said on a number of topics related to the LDS faith. Compiled by Mormonism Research Ministries' Bill McKeever, In Their Own Words is available at mrm.org. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. So glad you could be with us for this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. The word cult is certainly a controversial word, and we've been going through an article this week that was published on DeseretNews.com. This is a website that is owned by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It was an article written by Kelsey Dallas and posted on May 9, 2023, titled, The Religious Term You Should Try to Stop Using. And of course, the word that she is referring to is the word cult. And she gives a number of reasons why many, such as in the journalistic world, are trying to refrain from using this term. As we've mentioned throughout this week, at MRM, whenever we do use that word, and by the way, we use it very rarely, and if we do use it, we want to define what we mean by that term, because as Ms. Dallas has brought out in her piece, it can mean different things to different people, and we need to be careful that people don't misunderstand what we mean when we use that word. So defining what it means to us is very helpful, but do we need to get rid of it entirely? I don't agree with that. I get a little bit tired of the vocabulary police in our culture right now. I'm tired of this Orwellian newspeak that we're having thrust upon us. Words are usually used for a long period of time because they are very useful. And I think that word cult can be used properly and should be used properly. And I think one of the ways that you use it properly is to use it very rarely. It's not a word you just throw out to describe just anybody. But we have an article before us that we want to look at, and it was written by a Christian pastor that I thought was done very well. The man's name is Dr. Roger Barrier, and his bio says that he retired as senior teaching pastor from Casas Church in Tucson, Arizona. Now, because I have a personal friend that very active in church in Tucson, I asked this friend of mine if she knew who this individual was, and she did. She, she said he's very well respected, and I think from his bio, he's probably someone that we should listen to. He holds degrees from Baylor University, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and Golden Gate Seminary in Greek, Religion, Theology, and Pastoral Care. So this isn't just anybody that we're pulling off the street and asking what your opinion is as if you speak with any kind of authority. I think this gentleman probably would speak with a certain amount of authority. But I think it's important to listen to what he has to say because he's going to bring out some things that we should consider when we ask the question, what is a cult? The six telltale signs to look for. How does he start off his piece, Eric? 
He cites from Acts chapter 20, 29 through 30, which says, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves men will arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after them. And then he says, Paul is speaking to the early church and to us about cults. They will and have come. They existed then and now. If we're not extremely careful, they can draw us away from the truth. One quick note before we begin, the term cult, as expressed in the English language, can be used in both secular and religious settings. For example, the singer's cult of fans, or the film has a cult following. Today, we will work with religious cults, defined by Dictionary.com as, quote, great veneration of a person, ideal, or thing, especially as manifested by a body of admirers, a religion or sect considered to be false, unorthodox, or extremist, with members often living outside of conventional society under the direction of a charismatic leader, end quote. Now, we have to ask ourselves this question. The definition that was given by Dictionary.com that he uses, does that fit the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Because we know that naturally Latter-day Saints don't like being labeled that way. We brought out earlier in the week in our book, Answering Mormon's Questions, the very first chapter of our book is why don't we think that the LDS Church is a Christian church and why do people think we're a cult? Do you think we're a cult? And we ask a follow-up question asking, well, why is it that people say that about Latter-day Saints or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Why would they draw that conclusion? And I think there's some valid reasons that if you see the LDS Church as being a group that claims to be Christian, but denies or distorts the basic teachings of the Christian faith, that the LDS Church would most certainly fit within that category. Now, you and I were watching a video of a young Latter-day Saint woman defending against that term, and one of the things that she brought up that she thought exempted her church from being labeled that way is it normally you look at cults as small groups. And I have to wonder, how do you define a small group? She kind of blew that off by saying, well, our church, and at this time the church had 14 million members, now it has closer to around 17 million members, and she was giving the impression that with that many members, obviously we can't fall into that category because we're not small. The problem with that is when you look at the grand scheme of things when it comes to religions— 17 million is small. It's really small. When you consider, for instance, those who profess to be Christian, number over a billion, those who profess to be Muslims, over a billion, 17 million is a drop in the bucket. My question is, and why I think that's a bad way of determining whether a group is a cult, is what is the number that a group must reach before they automatically change their status and they no longer should be considered a cult? As far as a worldwide religion, you're right. There's 8 billion people in the world, and 17 million is just not very much. But you have to understand, Judaism only has 16 million members around the world, half of whom live in the United States. So Mormonism is bigger than Judaism. And yet, who would not say that Judaism is a world religion? Mormonism is certainly a world religion. There's no doubt about it. To say that it's not small is, is not accurate. 
Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, and again, we have to have proper context here. I don't know if that's a real good way of determining whether a group should be labeled that way or not. And again, I want to emphasize that is a pejorative label, and it can be taken in a very negative way. So we need to be careful in how we use it. But I don't think using the, we're a large church, gets them out from underneath that label because they're really not all that large. And what about when they first started out, when the church was first beginning? It took them, what, 117 years to reach their first million. So were they a cult then? I mean, is that the cutoff point? You got to get to a million. Now, all of a sudden, a group that was considered a cult the day before is now no longer a cult because they just went over the million mark. I mean, who makes up these numbers? It's an arbitrary number to be sure. What is the first point that Dr. Barrier brings up in his article? And it's probably the biggest point of the entire paper that he writes. First, the most dastardly, insidious mark of a cult is that it ignores or distorts the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's basically what we've said for 40-some years at Mormonism Research Ministry. It's a group that claims to be Christian while denying or distorting the basic tenets of the Christian faith. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints would fall into that category. Here's what's interesting about that, though, Eric. They would probably boastfully say that they are unique in many areas. They just don't want to be labeled in that way, which I can understand that. And one of the problems, too, Bill, when we're talking about this, when it ignores or distorts the gospel of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints will say, no, Jesus Christ is a central part of what we do. But the problem, we've talked about this many times before, is the definition. What does it mean, the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, in Christianity, and he cites Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, the idea is that we're saved by grace and not by works. And what he writes here is, faith plus anything else is heresy. According to Mormonism, certainly everybody benefits from grace and atonement of Jesus, but you don't get the real prize at the end of the tunnel unless you actually have complete obedience. Obedience is a major part. Works play a huge role, whether or not Latter-day Saints want to acknowledge that. And what about the terms, Eric? Because oftentimes we talk about the necessity of defending our terms if we want to have an intelligent conversation with members of the LDS Church. It's hard for me to believe that Joseph Smith didn't know how a lot of the terms that his church uses had been defined differently by the vast majority of professing Christians in the 19th century. He purposely is changing the definitions, but he's using those terms still, which can be very confusing and still confuse people to this day. Even when you use the word gospel, what do you mean by gospel? Is the gospel of the LDS Church really good news? Why do they have to put a word in front of it, the restored gospel. Well, they're making it clear that theirs is different. And I give them credit for being at least that honest that they are announcing that, hey, our gospel is different. Well, if it is different, folks, then you have to go back to Galatians 1, 8, and 9. And as we've said before many times on this show, Paul takes that very seriously. And the fact that a lot of modern Christians don't seem to take that very seriously— well, all I can say to that is, well, shame on us, because I think if Paul thought there was a problem with groups that pervert the gospel, we should have a problem with groups that pervert the gospel. It doesn't mean that we dislike the adherence of that group. That's not what I'm saying at all. 
we should, out of Christian compassion, be concerned for them, knowing that they are believing something that will cause them spiritual harm in the future. That, to me, is a better act of love than just kind of patting them on the back saying, well, you use words we use. Who cares if you use them differently? We're all buds. And just walk off into the sunset. You're right. We have talked about Galatians 1, 6 through 9 uh, before on this show. When it says, let him be accursed, this is what the article says. Please note that the word Paul used for curse is the strongest word for cursing in the Greek language. Technically, it dooms the one who is cursed to the darkest, deepest, most horrible fate imaginable. Who is being talked about? He's talking about Judaizers, people who call themselves Christians, but their gospel included works on top of grace. And as this article says, faith plus anything else is heresy. Damnable, according to the Apostle Paul. I don't think it can be emphasized strongly enough that Sadly, far too many Christians don't take that seriously. This is something that concerns us greatly here at Mormonism Research Ministry. We value the New Testament and what it teaches. And when we see people who think they are Christians, but yet are adhering to doctrines that, as we said earlier, deny or distort the doctrines of the Christian faith, we need to respond with compassion But at the same time, we have to say something, and that's what we are attempting to do. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.